This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 56. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 42. For the weekend, mostly cloudy Saturday, high near 56. Sunday will be partly sunny with a high near 53. Wrecking crews are preparing to remove several structures in a few Binghamton neighborhoods. Gory Construction will be paid $186,000 to take down seven blighted buildings on the city's latest hit list of dilapidated sites. A couple of abandoned homes on Alfred Street on the south side are among the structures being demolished. Space cleared by the removal of a house at 4 Alfred Street will result in a slight expansion of a neighboring city park. This is the second time the Alfred Street Park has increased in size because of a building demolition. Eight years ago, some space was added to the park when a rundown house at 10 Alfred Street was torn down. Most of the properties that will be cleared in the planned demolitions will be incorporated into the city's side lot program. They can be purchased by neighbors or they may remain as green space. Other properties where buildings are to be torn down include 21 Andrews Avenue, 11 Duke Street, and 74 Evans Street, and 192 Henry Street. Vestal Town Supervisor John Schaefer announced that following Wednesday evening's public hearing on the 2024 Town of Vestal preliminary budget, the tax rate in the town for 2024 will decrease by 13.26%. John Schaefer, Vestal Town Supervisor, said our 13% tax rate decrease is due to positive growth and budget scrutiny. No town services were negatively impacted or lost. In addition, Vestal Town will have their lowest town tax rate since 2009. Current and former drivers for two rideshare companies could be eligible for cash under a settlement announced by the New York State Attorney General's office. Uber has agreed to pay $290 million for cheating drivers out of pay to which they were entitled. Lyft is to pay $38 million into a settlement fund. Attorney General James said the money will be distributed to people who were cheated by the two companies. The Attorney General said investigations determined Uber and Lyft illegally withheld pay from drivers and prevented them from receiving benefits available under state laws. Eligible drivers will be notified of the settlement by mail, email, or text message. They'll be able to file a claim to receive the money they are owed. More than 100,000 Uber and Lyft drivers in New York State could receive cash and benefits under the state settlements. James said for years, the companies systematically cheated their drivers out of hundreds of millions of dollars in pay and benefits while they worked long hours in challenging conditions. As part of the settlements, Uber and Lyft will guarantee New York State drivers will be paid a minimum rate from the time they are dispatched to the completion. The state of Pennsylvania will work with a major natural gas producer to collect in-depth data on air emissions and water quality at well sites, enhance public disclosure of drilling chemicals, and expand buffer zones. 
Governor Josh Shapiro announced on Thursday that CNX Resources Corporation will partner with the State Department of Environmental Protection on environmental monitoring at two future well sites throughout all stages of the drilling and fracking process. The collaboration is an intensive data collection exercise that could be used to drive future policy changes. State officials are touting the partnership with CNX as the first of its kind. The reaction from environmental groups is mixed. A New York jury has convicted FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried of fraud charges. The 31-year-old California man was convicted Thursday at Manhattan Federal Court by jurors who rejected his testimony that he didn't defraud thousands of customers worldwide who counted on him to safeguard the billions of dollars they deposited in accounts. Bankman Freed has been jailed since August when a judge concluded he tried to influence prospective trial witnesses. He was extradited to the United States last December from the Bahamas, where he had operated the FTX cryptocurrency exchange and a hedge fund, among other businesses. And a majority of American adults think artificial intelligence tools will increase the spread of false and misleading information in the 2024 presidential election. That's one of the findings from a new poll from the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research and the University of Chicago Harris School of Public Policy. It explores the public's opinions on the rapidly advancing technology. The poll finds that just 30% of adults have used AI chatbots or image generators and fewer than half have heard or read at least some about AI tools. Yet most adults say they think political candidates using AI for a variety of purposes is a bad idea. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Try to see it my way Do I have to keep on talking till I can go on? While you see it your way For the risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone We can work it out We can work it out Think of what you're saying You can get it wrong and still you think that it's alright Think of what I'm saying We can work it out Bob Joseph, this is Binghamton Now. Friday, November 3rd, 2023. 607-772-1290. What is on your mind? Call in and talk live on News Radio WNBF. Try to see it my way. All right, let's start things off with the Red Hot Phones. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning there, Bob. It's Dave from Bestel. You know, that that is, that's a good song, and that's genius pertaining to the show. That Listen to the words, Bob. That's good. It is. That's, uh, very good. Yeah. Hey, you know, Bob, um, 
Yesterday, you know, I called in to express my concern in uh, voting for uh, Democrats for DA positions across uh, this nation. And whether you agree or like it or not, it's a legitimate concern. It's an you know undebatable fact that throughout this country, liberal, woke, insane DAs have been installed. By well, when you called on Thursday, you didn't express your concern. You expressed that you would never vote for a Democrat for district attorney and that nobody should. Well, Bob, they've been installed by low information and low IQ voters. And, and yes, with the help of, like you brought them up, with the help of Soros money, in which he probably admits to. I mean, that's... Interestingly, I tuned in last night to see what um, our good friend Mark Levin, my personal colleague here at the station, had to say. I hadn't listened to him in a couple of days. And as soon as I turned on the darn radio, I was driving around and wanting to hear what Mark Levin had to say. Honestly, within one and a half seconds, he said George Soros. <laughs> no I kidding. Mean, yeah, no kidding. And I'm <laughs> I'm shaking my head saying, see, see, George Soros. You know, where, where in the past people would scare the kids by saying, well, you know, um, the, the boogeyman, the boogeyman will get you or uh, the devil who went, went, went down to Georgia or something. And now... Every every time that they want to scare people, uh, so you buy lots of food, so you have at least 12 years worth of food on supply in your basement, uh, they mention George Soros. Well, it's a fact. Is one uh, does uh, back these DAs, Bob. These DAs, they, they disrespect... The disrespect they have shown for the victims and for public, public safety is utterly despicable. Well, I... I think every district attorney in every jurisdiction in the United States should be uh, free to, to have their own worldview. And every DA, every prosecutor in every great jurisdiction of this wonderful nation is entitled to their way of addressing issues and, and prosecuting offenders and also trying to work at uh, some of the root causes of crime. Well, I, I just think, Bob, it's a big gamble to support any Democrat DAs anywhere. You know, so, you know, Vic can endorse Matt Ryan all he wants. He says Matt promises to prosecute violent criminals to the fullest extent of the law. Big deal. Well, the thing is, whoever gets elected district attorney in next Tuesday's election here in Broome County, they, in my opinion, don't want to have the job for only four years. I would be surprised if Paul Batiste or Matthew Ryan intend to be the DA for only one term. So my thought is that whether it's the Republican candidate or the Democratic candidate, both are going to be inclined to prosecute true offenders. They may have different approaches and they may operate the office differently, but I, I can't believe either one of them wants to be a one-term district attorney. I mean, ask, ask Michael Korchak, and I think he would uh, agree that serving as DA for one term is not satisfying. Right, and, but but we have also have every right to be leery considering. Well, you have every right to be concerned about any candidate, but you know to make blanket statements about someone's party affiliation. Uh, Mike Korchak wound up winning the DA's race four years ago, running on the Libertarian Party line. 
And party affiliation in and of itself is not going to uh, be indicative of how, how someone can prosecute. Well, what we've been witnessing across the country, Bob, is crime and more crime. And what's the common denominator? A Democrat woke DA. I would imagine every place that has a liberal DA, there are plenty of guns knowing they have to protect themselves. I would imagine in America, every jurisdiction, whether the DA is Democrat or Republican, or not even a member of the two one of the two major parties, I imagine the number of guns in every jurisdiction in this country has gone up over the last four years. That's the whole point of the gun industry. Sell more guns. Actually, that's the whole point of everything in America. Sell more of our stuff, whether you really need it or not. When you have a revolving door of criminals being let out constantly, Bob, that's a part of it. And that's There's always been a revolving door of criminals. Very, very few criminals ever stay incarcerated for a long time. Very few. Percentage-wise, criminals, whether they have stolen a $2 hot dog from a convenience store on East Main Street in Endwell, or people who have uh, embezzled thousands or millions of dollars from nonprofit groups or from governments, they don't stay in jail or prison forever. They're always, almost always, getting out. Even we have a case where uh, the man who was sentenced to prison, I believe a 5- to 15-year term, because he admitted he was driving while impaired on Beethoven Street and mowed down two teenagers, killing one of them and seriously injuring the other, he's up for parole. And that has nothing to do with who the district attorney was at the time. And it has nothing to do with who the district attorney is now or who the DA will be in March when he could be released. It's up to the state parole board. Bob, how many times have you read, how many times have you read or, or have heard of people being arrested five, six, seven, ten times? You- I know. Look, you don't need to lecture me about recidivism. I've been reporting on criminal cases in this town for decades. I probably know of more cases where, and and sometimes I admit, I admit, I've seen names of, of people and I say, oh, I'm familiar with that name. I did a story involving that person three years ago, five years ago, sometimes ten years ago. But I haven't seen any correlation, whether it was Gerald Mullen or Stephen Cornwell or Michael Korchak, I haven't seen any correlation to the number of people. And again, some people would say, well, they just, and sometimes it's, they're described as career criminals. Fortunately, in Broome County, with a population of about 190,000 people, there aren't that many career criminals. Uh, among us, believe it or not. Believe it or not. So, Bob, you know. You don't believe it. Dave, in Vestal, how many career criminals do you think live in Vestal? I have no idea. Very few. Same in Binghamton or Endwell or Whitney Point. There are very, very few criminal or career criminals, people who are constantly reoffending. It's a relatively small number of people. 
And yes, they they need attention. And in some cases where they're repeat violent criminal offenders, they wind up going away for prison for lengthy sentences. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, I believe that. And but, but my point, Bob, is this is you know this is a legitimate concern. So, Bob, you you and your cousin Vinny were having a good laugh. All right, it's over. Don't do that anymore. Don't link me to any caller, ever, ever. I'm tired of that. I'm getting just a little fed up. Sorry, it's twenty after nine. I'll carry on a conversation. Don't link me to other callers. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Bob from Boston. I decided to get back in the oh, game. Oh, thanks. Welcome. Welcome to my world. Yeah, I love that Dave guy, but why he tries to talk sense to you, there's no sense to you. So why does he even try? It's like oh David God, Byrne said, stop making sense, baby. Yeah, you sure as hell do. Yeah, uh, what he was saying about these DAs, and it is George Soros. Don't even, you know it is, Joseph. Get, wake up. Man, I'm telling you, don't you watch the news? You're supposed to be a newsman. Are you kidding me? I know more about the news than you ever thought of. And I don't hardly watch it. I just keep up with my coffee in the morning. I shut the TV off all day, and I still know more. Because I watch the right stuff where they show the truth instead of singing. Right? Well, I agree that you watch the news. And I'm I'm glad that you... I'm glad that you you stay informed with the news. Everything you... CNN says you do. And you are a walking talking point. I heard you say the other day, I don't do talking points. I went, oh, my God. I think I spent my coffee out and heard that. But I I just wish you could be more fair because I, I have no reason not to like you, but every day. When I hear you, I, I, you know, when I'm riding around, I'll turn it to I'll see what he's talking about. And sure enough, <laughs> Trump, <laughs> Trump. Well, I haven't said anything I, about him. You're the one who brought him up. I, I have said not, Joe. I haven't said a darn thing about the former about guy. I haven't said a thing about the former guy today. And now you go and spoil it. Got arrested or something? I saw her and her ugly husband standing there the other day. Something she did wrong. Don't you realize how crooked these people in government are? Okay, your hero, Tish James, you dig into her background. I'll bet you she's taking money from people. I can't stand her, boy. Whatever's going on with Trump, how would you like that if they tore you apart like that and your family? Would you like that if I spread a rumor about you and everybody picked up on it and you were, you know what I mean, destroyed your life? How would you like that? Do you people understand that that's not right, what they're doing to that man? I, I, and you, what? They're just, they're just, they haven't done anything to him yet. Wait, wait. Well, of course they're going to try. Of course, if there, if there's evidence of wrongdoing and malfeasance and illegal behavior. Hey. How about Joe? The evidence there is overwhelming. Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, come now. That's, that's, if, 
if the federal government or Tis James can come up with enough evidence, if if they can come up with enough evidence against Joe Biden, he'll be indicted, just Joe like May. any, just like any offender. What's up? Uh, Bongino calls him oatmeal brain. Oh. <laughs> he is. Oh, please. That guy was never smart. Where oh, he? he was one of the smartest men to yeah, come out of Scranton. Like people go 10 years ago, well, he, was, he was never smart 40 years ago. You people kill me that love them. Well, like I said, when somebody takes over our country, which is going to happen, I don't want to hear you liberals whining about it. The United it. States of America shall not be taken you over. You want to bat with that puke in there? He don't even know what he's Oh, Bob. Have some faith, my friend. This country has survived for more than two centuries with a wide array of presidential uh, characters. So, eh, liberals, schmibberals, uh, conservatives, whatever. This country will survive. Yeah, right. Oh, right. A country boy will. The best country. All right. I, hey, have I a great know, weekend. By the way, I, I was just up at Round Top. I, I, uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess he ran out of coins. Anyway, well, he got his ten cents worth. Thanks, phone company, for giving him seven minutes of quality conversations. Yeah, I was just up at Round Top. It's almost as though I was there just. The Susquehanna River. Just 45 minutes. As seen from Round Top in Endicott, New York. <laughs> anyway, check it out on Twitter at Binghamton Now if you want to see what Round Top looks like. Oh, and the new paving. I specifically went up there because Broome County Executive Jason Garner pointed out on Thursday's program that all the roadways and the parking lots at Round Top and Endicott have now been repaved. And what a beautiful, beautiful morning this is and there's still enough leaves most of the leaves have fallen but there's still enough leaves and enough color to make the view looking east to Endwell Westover Johnson City and Binghamton and looking to the south to Vestal it's a tremendous view if you have a chance today is a day to go up to Round Top or even this weekend this weekend should be a dry weekend go see for yourself or, if you can't go see for yourself, take a look at our video posted on Twitter at Binghamton Now. It's 926. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob. It's Ron from Binghamton. Um, you know, I, I was I was thinking, uh, I think I know a way to call and say something which is going to get a vociferous reaction from you. And I, and I thought I'd try it out. Uh, but uh, I wanted that intro before I did it. Um, I'm going to send you a link. <laughs> I'm not going to rise to the bait. I mean, especially okay. see, see when you when that's the setup, <laughs> when that's the setup. Of course, I'm not going to fall into the trap. The only the only way for it to work right <laughs> is is for you to, you know. Lodi do. Hi, Ron from Binghamton. Good morning. And then before you know it, you know, I'm I'm flying off into some sort of bobbish rage. Yeah, well, I wanted to uh, approach it in a cerebral way rather than to actually 
you know, come out with in an attack mode. I'm not going to send you a link. And uh, and I won't because I don't think you want me to send you a 500 page uh, essay on uh, on email either. I'm not going to. Would you at least be able to drop off like a couple of boxes of stuff here at the station? Yes, I have a a case of Vegemite. <laughs> That's what I feared. It's like, oh, good. It's it's the large industrial size containers. The yeah. the. <laughs> I get a call from the front desk. Yeah, the, the guy from uh, FedEx is dropping off uh, three fifty-five gallon containers of Vegemite. Should I sign for them? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's from Ron. And the, the thing about the Vegemite, Bob, I mean, Vegemite uh, is like a cilantro or black olives. You either love them or you hate them. There's no middle ground. So for those who hate Vegemite, and that might be you, you can use it as axle grease for your car. So it it, it doubles, you know. That's the nice thing about Vegemite. Uh, you know, I, I'm sitting here listening to your first callers, both of whom I've heard, you know, often. And I'm thinking, you know, do you have a a kind of a vestal cabal, polar cabal forming uh, versus uh, Bob Joseph, you know, Dave, and, and then followed up by Bob. It's kind of like the one-two punch. Um, but that's not why I called. I called because you and I, from time to time, uh, talk about interesting words and, uh, you know, the uh, sapphire kind of thing. And uh, the word today is scurrilous, scurrilous, scurrilous. And uh, I got yesterday, and by the way, I've been listening to your um, DA interviews with Matt Ryan and Paul Battisti. Uh, I, I like uh, hearing the, those gentlemen on the air. Uh, and yesterday, I, I did receive in the mail a flyer. Uh, and that flyer came uh, from the uh, Broome County Republican Committee. Did they use uh, a picture the, of of the former mayor standing at the roundabout in his green uh, not at the, green not roundabout, at the roundabout shirt? You know, the funny thing is the Broome County Republican Committee um, a few years back, uh, without permission, without any authorization from me or from the commissioner of Major League Baseball, appropriated one of my pictures of Matt Ryan standing near the roundabout. I think it was, um, you know, in conjunction with a, a roundabout update story. And somebody at the Broome County Republican Committee, I believe, decided that it would be in their best interest to steal an image that I personally took and that belonged to me in WNBF radio. So I just wanted to check. There's no no evidence in this latest mailer that they've appropriated any media images without permission. Is that correct? Uh, it, it appears that uh, that's the case. Uh, they do have a, uh, a, a picture of uh, Matt Ryan, and it's it's not... <laughs> Uh, an attractive one, I can tell you. It's, it's not very attractive. I, and what, I, uh, I, I'll just say, I'm not surprised. I mean, wouldn't it be funny if an opposition mailer contained a flattering image of the opponent? Well, when, I mean, yeah. I, I don't care whether it comes from Democrats, Republicans, or uh, 
independents, you know, somebody who is striving to get votes for their particular candidate, can you imagine if they accidentally used an attractive human, nice-looking photo, something that they got from one of those expensive photography studios, inadvertently use that in the mailing. It's like the candidate looks at it and say, how did you approve this? Look, my opponent looks good. I don't look very good. My picture looks awful. Why did you use that grainy black and white picture of me that looks like a mugshot where my opponent looks beautiful? It's like a glamour shot. Anyway, continue. So tell me about the um, the mailing. Yeah. Well, I, I received that yesterday, and it, it was, uh, you know, it struck me. And I, I uh, the word, of course, scurrilous came to mind. Uh, for those of you who may not be familiar with the word scurrilous, it, it refers to making or spreading scandalous claims about someone with the intention of damaging their reputation as in a scurrilous attack on his integrity. And that apparently was the uh, thing that was attempted with this mailing. Uh, It's it's an awful mailing. It's full of uh, information that uh, Matt Ryan has come on and uh, spoken about. And it's not true, the things that are listed about him. And it's it's just an awful way to try to get yourself into office. So I, I'm just uh, referring to that as a general voter, uh, that when I get something like this, it moves me to vote for the person, uh, not who is responsible for the mailer, but for their opponent. Uh, so, you know, I well, just, I also, but and I I personally haven't seen this mailer, but I believe it is. Isn't it from the Broome County Republican Committee? Correct. Yeah. So the oh, can yeah. so the yeah. candidate can say truthfully, I my campaign didn't send that out, and the and the oh, candidate right. the candidate could look me in the eye and say he could look me in the eye if he were here in the studio and say, Bob, I had nothing to do with that mailing. That was sent by the Broome County Republican Committee. It wasn't set sent by my campaign or by me and i've i've had these discussions in the past with with candidates who who like to um maintain some sort of plausible deniability when people working at their behest have sent something out and make it sound as though gosh i had no idea they were going to do such a thing well that that is the common thing that is done the oh uh, sure you know, I'm not saying that it's been invented here. No, that's yeah. that's how campaigns are are run at all levels, local, state, national. That's how that's how it's done, and that's that's why not always, but typically, when it comes to campaign advertising, not just mailers, but also broadcast advertising, or maybe even billboards or things of that nature. That's why the um, the spending that portrays the candidate in a positive way and the candidate either personally or the candidate supporters talking about the positive attributes of that candidate oftentimes those things are paid for actually by the campaign and then the uh negative 
things, whether it's the negative commercials or uh, negative mailers or whatever, they typically are paid by some other organization to give this plausible deniability um, in case it comes up. These days, I'm not I'm not sure if if people are at all surprised at at negative campaigning. I think I think it's now factored in, and I think. Ron, I think that's one of the reasons why so few people run for office anymore, local offices. That's why, whether it's a town board or a village board, or in some cases for mayors of villages or even the mayor of the city of Binghamton or city council seats, a lot of people don't want to be subjected to the negativity. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, again, I'm looking as we speak, I'm looking at the picture they have of Matt Ryan in this flyer. Uh, they must have sent it to a graphic artist that specializes in washing a person out, making them look really washed Could you out. send a, a photo of that? Could you email a, a photo of that? Yeah. Because I haven't seen yeah. it. I'd like to see for myself because you're painting a rather ugly picture. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's just a, it's, it's part of a, a, a negative approach. And uh, it, 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 I think it does the reverse for for certain people who are, you know, on the cusp of who am I going to vote for? It might tip them in the direction of the opponent uh, rather than uh, for the person who sent out or plausibly, deniably sent out that uh, flyer. So uh, that's what that's how it hit me, uh, uh, kind of low. It's a it's a low blow kind of thing. Well, I appreciate the call, and I'll be anxious to see the evidence. It's 9.37, Friday morning, Bob Joseph with Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. Real radio for real Americans. I'm Bob Joseph taking calls at 607-772-1290. Gary from Binghamton's West Side, you're on the air. Hi, Bob. Hey, I wanted to talk about... Chicago, if I may. I watched a video on YouTube, and I'll give the guy credit, Peter Santanello video. And he was doing, he was speaking with a former Chicago uh, policeman who retired. Thus, he was allowed to talk about what's going on in the city and stuff. So they were going around to different neighborhoods talking about crime and stuff like this. And the ex-policeman wanted to point out to Peter Santanello what's happening with uh, they're getting migrants coming by the busloads and what they're doing with them. So what's happening is they're sending busloads of migrants and they're staying because they have no place to put them. They're, they're letting them stay in the Chicago police precincts. So what happens is during the day when it's warm, they stay outside of the police precinct and they're hanging out. And then when it gets 
night and a little bit colder or if it rains, they go inside the police station and this is where they're living. And I was like shocked. I know that Chicago is a sanctuary city and all of the border towns, they should not uh, take all of the immigrant problem on themselves, right? But so somebody decided we're going to ship people up to Chicago and there they are and, and they're living in the Chicago police station. The city has no, even though it's a sanctuary city, they have no plan on what to do with these people when they get. And so then they put it on the police to take care of them. And, you know, they give them clothes. They they give them all of these things. And guess what? The neighborhoods are like, wait a minute. We're not getting any clothes. We're not getting any food. These people don't even live here. We live here and we can't get that stuff. And it's it's a... It's a crazy scene. I, I, I couldn't believe that that's actually happening. Can you imagine that, that happened here in Binghamton? If there's a whole bunch of people outside right there, uh, downtown, living outside during the day and then inside the police station. Well, I don't, think, go... I don't think the city would allow that to happen. Yeah, okay, so maybe, maybe Binghamton has a plan. Chicago didn't even have a plan. People have to go and do police business. They're afraid to go into the police station. There's people there that are sick, you know, and they don't have medical yet and all these things. And they don't even want to go in the police station because they're afraid they're going to get sick. It's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy thing that's going on. And guess well, what? I don't, think, do they, I don't think the news covers it. Well, let's cover that. Well, no, but, no, no. It but it's just, I, I've been told, I, I personally haven't seen it, but I understand in the past that homeless people have, um, been sleeping outside the police station over at the governmental plaza. I personally haven't seen it. I don't know if it's still going on. The other thing is that okay. at Binghamton Police, you can't get into the police station anyway. So there's no way you can get into the police station. It's all locked up. You only get okay. in if they so let you in. So, you know, and um, I don't think they want to let people in. unless I mean, unless you have an appointment, but they're not just... If you want to come to the police station in Binghamton, I don't think you can just come in. Uh, well, that's up. a good thing. Maybe, well, I've, maybe uh, well, Mayor I'm, Graham I'm just has a plan. I'm wondering if Mayor Graham has a plan. Well, if he does, uh, if, what to if, do if, if people come here. If Jared Cram has a plan about that, I'm sure he'll call mm -hmm. in to describe it. <laughs> that was funny. But, uh, no, well, we're here till noon. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you'd that because if it actually came to fruition, buy it, and I don't know. I don't mean maybe. It would be nice to know whether they do. Or how about this? Wouldn't, going it, be, on wouldn't it be interesting? Crazy. Wouldn't it be interesting? Because I'm a very optimistic person. Wouldn't it be interesting if the mayor and the police chief both came to the studio, say at 1030, to talk about the plan and other issues facing the city. Boy, that would be good. I mean, that, that's the way government should be run. But it's not. I mean, that would be fantastic if they would come in there and talk to you. Wouldn't it be don't. great? That actually, be. you know, that is done in other cities. It is done in other cities, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The um, mayor of New York City, I've seen him interviewed on TV and radio. Sometimes he he agrees to live interviews. 
And the sheriff in Broome County, he speaks about things that are going on in the county. He comes in. With the sheriff's department. Sheriff Akshar comes in and calls in. I, I'm not going to test the, the, the point, but I, I bet, and I'm not going to test it out right now, but I know from firsthand experience, if I call Sheriff Akshar's office, that I, he'll be on the program before noon. I could almost guarantee it, unless he is tied up on, on official business, but if, if there's any way, say if if a question came up specifically about something regarding the Broome County Sheriff's Office, and I wanted a direct, real time answer, I can say there's about a ninety eight, ninety nine percent probability that Sheriff Akshar would call in. Actually, what, I'm going to test this. I'm not calling the Sheriff's Office, but I'll just say this. We'll see if this this is a test and. Had this been an actual emergency, I would have instructed people where to tune. But this is a test, just a test, and I'm not going to call his office. I'm just going to say on the air, Sheriff Akshar, call in today between now and noon if you want. I don't have any specific question for you. Just call in this way. Now, I'm not saying Sheriff Akshar is listening, but I'm saying somebody in his office or somebody, a highway patrol or someone who can get in touch with Sheriff Akshar could probably say, oh, Bob is just testing to see if you would call in, even though he has nothing specific to ask. I bet he would. Good. And again, maybe he could talk about if they have a plan. Well, if, yeah, if I don't even. Yeah, well, maybe. And the thing is, but even whether they have a specific plan or maybe they don't have a plan or whatever, he wouldn't shy away from at least addressing the question. He might say, right. I, and again, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he might say, you know, it's a very interesting thing. And I will either, I personally will look into developing a plan, maybe in conjunction with the county executive or some other county departments, or I'll put someone on it. But again, this is, again, strictly a test, and it's going to prove absolutely nothing except that we could get Sheriff Akshar on the program almost at the drop of a hat. So, and again, people will say, well, of course you can. Well, that's the way it should be. And, you know, this is not like a big city where where we don't know each other. I mean, look, I almost every public official I know. I mean, not on a personal basis, not like we hang out and, oh, let's go have some moxie and wings. Not that kind of but on a on a personal, you know, with uh, a professional, a rapport with almost all of these officials, hey, they know me. They don't have to like me. I think most of them. I think most of them respect what I do. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Fred Axshaw come on the show uh, while he was running for sheriff? I don't remember him coming on the show while he was I, running I think for he sheriff, might, and I was concerned I, about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm, I'm a little hazy about that. I will say... I don't think he did. Well, in the interest of full disclosure, too, while he was state senator for an extended period, he didn't come on the program. True. So, you know, just for people to say, well, it's interesting now that he's sheriff. Yes, things things have changed. I, you know, I'm not... I don't forget. I'm, I'm like an elephant. I don't forget. But life goes on. You know, I've said before, for people who, for whatever reason, never have been on the show or used to come on the, the program 
frequently and then for whatever reason became disenchanted or disgusted or whatever with the line of questioning or maybe maybe just tired they're always welcome back i mean no one no one is excluded so you know and and, and for those who for whatever reason have opted out hey it's not i I know. They probably were talked to by lawyers. That's what probably oh, happened. Oh, the right? lawyers. I'm blaming it on the lawyers. <laughs> thank Sorry, you. Thank, thank you, Gary. Stay tuned. We're going to have some interesting conversation coming up next hour here on Binghamton Now. And you won't want to miss it. You won't want to miss it. WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Streaming at WNBF.com. WNBF weather from the National Weather Service. Sunny today, 56. Cloudy tonight, 42. Cloudy tomorrow, 58. And right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 41. That's 5 Celsius. the phones we go. Vic in the Forks, you're on the air. Hi, Bob. I, I'd like to talk about, I believe it was Ron that was talking about the flyer that came out. Yeah, he uh, sent me uh, a photo, an image of uh, the flyer. Oh, I haven't got it in front of me. Let me tell you that right now, but I have seen it. I'd like to talk just a little bit about that kind of politicking. Well, be quick. We only have a minute, less than a minute. Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm on the Republican committee. I never saw that flyer. I never got a chance to review it before it went out. It's, a, uh, it's not a flyer that I would be proud of, uh, saying I'm a part of a committee that put a flyer out like that. The flyer is, is bull. It's just poor tactic, something that Matt Ryan has not done in this election cycle. He has not come out but said anything but the truth, and this is all lies. And as a member of the Republican committee, I'm offended by the action they took in putting that flyer out. And I agree with Ron. Uh, it should be a reason people should vote for other people because they did this to Libis when he ran for legislator. They did this to Burns when he ran for mayor. They never have anything positive, no facts about the issues or nothing. It's always negative. And people got to start waking up and educate themselves. All right. That's all the time we have. We have the news coming up. And then more phone calls. If you haven't called in yet, be prepared to talk next hour. Binghamton Now, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 56. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 42. For the weekend, mostly cloudy Saturday, high near 56. Sunday will be partly sunny with a high near 53. Wrecking crews are preparing to remove several structures in a few Binghamton neighborhoods. 
Gorey Construction will be paid $186,000 to take down seven blighted buildings on the city's latest hit list of dilapidated sites. A couple of abandoned homes on Alfred Street on the south side are among the structures being demolished. Space cleared by the removal of a house at 4 Alfred Street will result in a slight expansion of a neighboring city park. This is the second time the Alfred Street Park has increased in size because of a building demolition. Eight years ago, some space was added to the park when a rundown house at 10 Alfred Street was torn down. Most of the properties that will be cleared in the planned demolitions will be incorporated into the city's side lot program. They can be purchased by neighbors or they may remain as green space. Other properties where buildings are to be torn down include 21 Andrews Avenue, 11 Duke Street, at 74 Evans Street, and 192 Henry Street. Vestal Town Supervisor John Schaefer announced that following Wednesday evening's public hearing on the 2024 Town of Vestal preliminary budget, the tax rate in the town for 2024 will decrease by 13.26%. John Schaefer, Vestal Town Supervisor, said our 13% tax rate decrease is due to positive growth and budget scrutiny. No town services were negatively impacted or lost. In addition, Vestal Town will have their lowest town tax rate since 2009. Current and former drivers for two rideshare companies could be eligible for cash under a settlement announced by the New York State Attorney General's office. Uber has agreed to pay $290 million for cheating drivers out of pay to which they were entitled. Lyft is to pay $38 million into a settlement fund. Attorney General James said the money will be distributed to people who were cheated by the two companies. The Attorney General said investigations determined Uber and Lyft illegally withheld pay from drivers and prevented them from receiving benefits available under state laws. Eligible drivers will be notified of the settlement by mail, email, or text message. They'll be able to file a claim to receive the money they are owed. More than 100,000 Uber and Lyft drivers in New York State could receive cash and benefits under the state settlements. James said for years, the companies systematically cheated their drivers out of hundreds of millions of dollars in pay and benefits while they worked long hours in challenging conditions. As part of the settlements, Uber and Lyft will guarantee New York State drivers will be paid a minimum rate from the time they are dispatched to the completion. The state of Pennsylvania will work with a major natural gas producer to collect in-depth data on air emissions and water quality at well sites, enhance public disclosure of drilling chemicals, and expand buffer zones. Governor Josh Shapiro announced on Thursday that CNX Resources Corporation will partner with the State Department of Environmental Protection on environmental monitoring at two future well sites throughout all stages of the drilling and fracking process. The collaboration is an intensive data collection exercise that could be used to drive future policy changes. State officials are touting the partnership with CNX as the first of its kind The reaction from environmental groups is mixed. A New York jury has convicted FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried of fraud charges. 
The 31-year-old California man was convicted Thursday at Manhattan Federal Court by jurors who rejected his testimony that he didn't defraud thousands of customers worldwide who counted on him to safeguard the billions of dollars they deposited in accounts. Bankman Freed has been jailed since August when a judge concluded he tried to influence prospective trial witnesses. He was extradited to the United States last December from the Bahamas, where he had operated the FTX cryptocurrency exchange and a hedge fund, among other businesses. And a majority of American adults think artificial intelligence tools will increase the spread of false and misleading information in the 2024 presidential election. That's one of the findings from a new poll from the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research and the University of Chicago Harris School of Public Policy. It explores the public's opinions on the rapidly advancing technology. The poll finds that just 30% of adults have used AI chatbots or image generators and fewer than half have heard or read at least some about AI tools. Yet most adults say they think political candidates using AI for a variety of purposes is a bad idea. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on a Friday morning live at WNBS. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. The Binghamton Polar Plunge will be taking place in just over 24 hours. You never take advice. Special Olympics New York will be hosting the Polar Plunge. Tomorrow at Schneider Valley State Park, just off Route 369, Schneider Forks area. Joining us now to talk about the polar plunge is Michaela Darbyshire from Special Olympics New York. Good morning. How are you? you. Thanks for joining us here on the station. Thank you for having me. We're happy to promote this event. Well, it uh, sounds like it'll be fun for the participants. I, in the interest of full disclosure, I will not participate this year. In the interest of full disclosure, neither will I. <laughs> I uh, participated for the first time last year, um, let my athletes push me down the slide, um, and that will not be happening this year as much as I can help it. <laughs> but they can never take away your memories. They sure can't, and you can't say no when you get in front of them. So um, it'll be a fun day for sure. So tell us a little bit about what will be taking place tomorrow and, and why this is so important for Special Olympics New York. Yeah, of course. So we actually brought the Binghamton Polar Plunge back for the first time last year um, after a three-year hiatus due to COVID. So the community had been begging for it to come back, and we have a lot of athletes down there. Our Broom Tiger Panthers team, they bring a ton of athletes to the event. So this event is really for them and to highlight and celebrate their accomplishments down in the Southern Tier area. It's a really unique polar plunge. Um, we have community members come out, volunteers, law enforcement athletes, and 
the unique thing is, is that there's three options to polar plunge. So if you raise $300, you can go down the slide, you can jump in, or you can walk in. And it's the only polar plunge across the state that has a slide option. I like the concept and I can't guarantee anything about 2024, but if I spend the next several months actually contemplating this, maybe I can get myself psychologically prepared to do it, say, in, in 2024. No guarantees, but, but it's a possibility. It's intriguing to me. You, you put it out into the universe now, so there's recording of it. So <laughs> I'm taking that as your promise to do it. Yep. Um, Yep, and, and, if and you come as, out with our athletes, they yeah. they will get you to do it. Well, it's uh, as I said, it's intriguing. I I see last year a significant amount of uh, money was raised for Special Olympics New York because of this polar plunge. Yes, that's correct, and it's amazing that the first time being brought back that we were able to raise that much. I think we only had around like eighty six participants. This year, we're looking upwards of 145 just people who are registered. That doesn't count spectators and, like, day of money. But we're currently sitting at $20,767, which hopefully by the end of it will reach a little bit more than that for our athletes. And people can register online. I'm looking at the website now. I see uh, a lot of uh, teams have already... um, collected or have uh, pledges totaling in, into the thousands and, and many several hundred dollars already. Yes. Yeah, so people can register online. They can register as an individual or on a team. They can join a team that's already started um, or they can come on the day of and register and bring money or cash or checks then. Um, it's a $25 minimum to fundraise as it's a community fundraiser. Um, but if you raise $100, you get this year's official Polar Plunge hoodie. And like I said, the $300 uh, fundraising requirement to go down the slide. So it, there's a lot of incentives to keep up the good fundraising that's going on. And provide our listeners with a little background of the work that's done by Special Olympics New York and uh, the mission that goes into to helping so many people in in New York State with the Special Olympics. Yeah, so these fundraisers, they are meant to raise funds for our athletes. The mission of Special Olympics New York is to provide year-round sports training and competitions for our athletes at no cost to them or their families. So in order to do that, we have to have uh, polar plunges like this. We do a bunch of retail campaigns. There's 16 polar plunges across the state. So all the funds that are raised from this event go directly back to our athletes, and that helps them with their uniforms, travel, facilities, equipment, meals, and all of that stuff that helps them continue to um, compete at no cost to them. So if people don't register in advance, say they haven't gone online and registered, can they still participate tomorrow? Yes. So they can still come. We accept walk-ups. They would just have to bring the $25 minimum to actually go in the water. Um, but anyone can register leading up to, I think registration is from 10 to 1130. So there's plenty of time tomorrow morning to stop on in, whether you just want to watch or you want to actually take the plunge. And the polar plunge is scheduled for noon. That is correct. We will start with celebrating the accomplishments of the people who raised over $300 going down the slide. Then we'll move over to those who will be jumping into the water 
And then we'll move over to the shallow end for those who just want to walk in and potentially just dip their toe in, which is what I would do. Yeah, that would be more my speed. Exactly. <laughs> take, take it gradually, work my way up. So within within the next 10 or 20 years, I'd be able to get, get to the point where I might go down the slide. Yeah, that's, that's very brave. I think the slide, the slide might be better because I feel like going, like just walking into the water, I would just run out. But the slide or jumping in, it's just all at once. Um, so you can't, you can't back down. Once you're going down that slide, there's no turning back. That's right. Back up. That's right. <laughs> at that point, when you're in motion, you, you realize you're committed. You sure are. And once you hit that water, it is. It is a wake-up call. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I kept I kept saying it's not that cold this year. It's going to be like 50 degrees tomorrow. But when I went in the water last year, everyone remembers that when I popped my head out, I was screaming that it was so cold. So I can't live that down. The big chill. The it sure uh, is. again for people who'd like to register, what's the website? It is polarplungeny.org/binghamton. All right. And the Polar Plunge taking place tomorrow at Shenango Valley State Park, just off Route 369, not far from Binghamton, with uh, registration beginning at 10 and the Polar Plunge event at noon. Michaela Darbyshire, thank you so much for being with us on this Friday morning. Yes, thank you for having me and looking forward to hopefully seeing some more community members getting freezing for a reason for our athletes. Have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. It's 1018. This is News Radio, WNBF, serving the community. We've been doing this for nearly a century. We're not stopping now. 607-772-1290. If you'd like to call in, I'd like to talk with you. This is Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre-owned at GaltAuto.com. WNBF. 1021, live and local. Phone calls are being accepted between now and noon on Binghamton Now, 607-772-1290. We're here for you at WNBF. Looking around the house, heading behind the window and the door, searching for signs of life, but there's nobody Back to the phones. Glenn Investel, you're on the air. Hi, Bob. Sounds like you're having a fun day, don't you think? Oh, it's fun, especially our contributors from Vestal. I'm loving it. Cool. So I got a couple of things to touch on. Um, I'm, I'm a candidate for town council in Vestal, this election cycle, and obviously reminding people to vote on the 7th this Tuesday. Um, I just wanted to start with the article in the news you just had on about John Schaefer reducing the tax rate for Vestal. It's an interesting little piece of information because what people might not know is the tax rate is a number that gets multiplied by their assessment to get their amount of taxes that they'll pay. So if you raise the assessment, you can lower the tax rate and keep the taxes the same or slightly higher. 
So that's what was done. That assessments went way up. Industrial residents know this. And that allowed Schaefer and the board to reduce the tax rate while still being able to charge people the same amount of tax or maybe slightly higher. So are most, are most property rate. owners in, in Vestal going to be paying less in property taxes in 2024? It depends on how their assessment got shifted. Some right. will, some won't. It'll, it'll be a, a mixed bag across the board. But he's touting this 13-plus percent rate reduction. That does not necessarily translate to an actual tax dollar reduction. He was able to do it because he raised assessments. So I just want to make that clear to the listeners. I don't think too many people are really being fooled by that. I just wanted to make it more clear, if, if indeed I did make it more clear. All right. So what's going yeah. to happen now is, as the campaign is winding down for the town board candidates and also for the, the town supervisor candidates, this is uh, uh, obviously a, an extremely important time for the people of the town of Vestal. So what are your plans for the weekend? Are you going to take the weekend off and, and relax or will you uh, just uh, campaign more intensely ahead of uh, – Election Day on Tuesday. Of course, early voting yeah. also continues Saturday and Sunday. Yep, and many people have told us they've already early voted for us. So that's great. We, we thank them for that. But, yeah, this weekend is a crank-up weekend, not a crank-down. We're going to be out door-to-door. We're going to be handing out flyers. We're going to be on the university campus. We'll be calling into the Bob Joseph Show, which is always fun. Um, so a couple of things to mention about that. There's been information going out about us, um, wondering about our qualifications, which are on the website, realdemocracyforvestal.com. So anybody who has heard about our qualifications and is skeptical, feel free to go to the website. It's all there. Um, what is not necessarily clear on the website is how long we've been in Vestal. It is true that Maria Sexton, running for supervisor, spent most of her years in New York City being a police officer and, an, and a school teacher, which gives her a lot of creds right there. And Robert Green, the other one running for council, has been in Vestal for a few years, but he grew up in Oneana, so he's still a New York resident kind of guy. Personally, I grew up in Vestal. So I've known Vestal all the way up through my college days. Then I spent time in Arizona, and now I'm back in Vestal. I've been back in Vestal for about three years now. And so I think between the experience we all have in Vestal as well as the experience we have had out of Vestal, makes a whole round package of qualifications that we bring to the town that my opinion would be it's beyond what the town really needs. I think we're really overqualified for these jobs. But again, if people just go to the website, all our qualifications are there, just read that up and make sure you use that to play against what you're hearing from anyone else's source. Glenn Miller, a candidate for the Vestal Town Board, thank you very much for joining us on WNBF. One quick thing, we're going to be at the Student Union on the BU campus tonight at 8 o'clock for a, a campaign forum. So anybody who wants to join us there and ask questions, that's where we'll be. All right, thank you. And uh, we'll keep in touch with all candidates who call in today here at WNBF. So anybody who is a candidate... For a, a local office, we'll have an opportunity between now and noon to speak directly with prospective voters. Rich from Binghamton, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? Good. Good. Well, 
I appreciate you taking my call. I think this is the first time uh, that I've called into your show this year, and I'm not even sure how many times I called in last year since I left City Hall. <laughs> That's but, true. Uh, That's true. We <laughs> haven't true. heard from you. I, I occasionally uh, um, have little chats with you if I see you around downtown Binghamton or, or elsewhere. We, we were just chatting a few days ago over on Washington Street, but it's true. You You don't contribute to the program as much these days. My guess is, and this is just a, a, a gut feeling, my guess is you're probably going to be increasing your appearances on the program in the months ahead. Well, I, I don't know. I, um, I I really did debate whether or not I uh, should call. Um, but after the last several weeks uh, and months of listening to uh, Matt Ryan push these these false narratives, these personal attacks, and these these lies about his own record as a former mayor of the city, I, I just really felt uh, compelled to call in because uh, on Tuesday, the race for district attorney is a very important one for our community, and uh, I just can't be silent about this anymore. I think. And that before you go on, and, and obviously I would say close to 100% of the listeners know that you are the former Binghamton Mayor Richard David, but I I, I don't want to uh, presume that everybody listening is saying, oh, I recognize the former mayor's voice. I, I think that's Rich from Binghamton. Now, this, this is former Mayor David. Continue. That's me. You know, I appreciate that. Um, I think two of the most important attributes for the district attorney are temperament and judgment. And anyone who's listened to your program or who has had a conversation with Matt Ryan knows that he lacks the temperament and judgment to be an effective district attorney. He cannot have a conversation about anything without yelling and screaming at somebody, harassing somebody, anybody who challenges him. Um, he will get in a confrontation with, he gets into uh, a fight in a bar where he was arrested. And uh, even recently, he's banned from Wegmans. You know, that is not the temperament of somebody that should be leading the district attorney's office. And his judgment is equally as bad. And as I'm in a unique position as uh, the mayor who came after him and had to clean up the mess that he and Tarek Abdelazim and Terry Renia, who was president of city council at the time, left. That judgment resulted in massive tax increases of 52%, and he constantly claims the city was bankrupt, which was nothing could be further from the truth. There was money in the bank. There was a triple A bond rating that was downgraded because of his poor fiscal management. The city had been recognized up until that point on an annual basis by the Municipal Finance Officers Association that for excellence in fiscal management, that ended under the Ryan tenure. And, um, you know, just look at the first budget that he made, that he uh, presented uh, when he was mayor was a minimal tax increase. If, if, if things were so bad when he took office, he would have had to raise taxes significantly. That didn't happen. He didn't raise taxes until he was in charge, and then taxes skyrocketed to 52%. But more importantly, his record on public safety as the mayor and commissioner of public safety, Matt Ryan was defunding the police before that term was even coined. He cut 20 police officers. He did not give the police officers a contract for five years, which resulted in very poor morale. And let me tell you and explain to people what the impact of cutting cops is on a city this size. It means you do not have enough officers to keep 
the streets safe. It means that officers could not get time off. So they were constantly working. They were overworked. Morale was low. And um, that, that compromises their safety. Matt Ryan never supported the police department. It, it is a well-known fact that uh, he did not support the police department. And when officers feel that they are not supported uh, by the administration, they, um, it impacts their, how proactive that they are. And uh, these are things that uh, made us less safe. And um, the concept that he presents himself as a champion of public safety and the police department is, is frankly ridiculous. Now, one thing I will say is that when he has been on your program trying to uh, spin his record, he'll say that he added three officers um, right before he left office. That's a true statement, actually, that he did add three officers in the 2014 budget, which was presented in 2013. But 2013 was an election year. I was running for office in 2013. And for the last six months of that campaign, I shined a spotlight on the cuts in public safety the impact to morale, and um, he put that, he made the, that addition at the very last minute to try to help Terry Rennia in the election, and obviously he was unsuccessful. So this concept that, you know, he added it because he was supporting police, no, it was a political gambit that he was trying to do to help uh, the, the Democratic candidate at the time uh, be successful. And on top of that, cutting a fire state or closing a fire station, so it was uh, a combination of not only uh, targeting the police department, but the fire department uh, as well. And, uh, you know, these are things that have all had a very, very negative impact on, uh, on public safety. But beyond that, you know, he constantly would abandon um, the day-to-day responsibilities of the city to focus on the Occupy protest, which was illegal. Anytime somebody breaks the law, if he agrees with the cause, um, he, he will support that. That's a problem for somebody in the district attorney's office. You have to be fair and balanced and unbiased. That judgment led to the Occupy uh, protest, the cost of war clock, leaving Binghamton to go down to Dimmick, Pennsylvania, to try to force the people of Dimmick to take water from the city of Binghamton. Uh, and they threw him out and, tell him, and told him to go back to, uh, to the city of Binghamton. So, I mean, you know, the, the Ryan record when... Uh, the Democratic Party had the mayor's office and, the, and all of the almost all of uh, city council. That's what happened during that ten years. All right. So you have, I mean, clearly you have strong strong feelings about the candidate Matthew Ryan, and also uh, whether it's based on his record as mayor or other things that have happened. Now, take a moment. By the way, for people just tuning in, this is the former Binghamton mayor Richard David, who is with us live here at ten thirty three. Tell us um, what are the the strongest qualifications for the Republican Paul Batiste to be Broome County's next DA. Well, you know, Bob, one thing I, I do want to say though is that you know it, this is not an issue of whether I that whether I like or dislike Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is not someone that I dislike. He is someone that I disagree with politically, and that I want to set the record straight on certain things. And you know the personal attacks that he launches and his surrogates launch on Paul Battisti, his family, his background. You know, no one, no one's personal life is perfect, you know, including Matt Ryan's. And, you know, I would remind people that when Matt was running 
in 2005 for mayor, uh, the individual that he was dating at the time wrote a guest viewpoint or a letter to the editor of the Press and Sun. Uh, she was African-American, and, and in her guest viewpoint, she said that the reason that Matt Ryan broke up with her was because Binghamton wasn't ready for a biracial couple. So, you know, Matt, your personal life is not perfect. My personal life is not perfect. You know, kind of executive's personal life is not perfect. No one's personal life is perfect. Those are, those are in very poor taste for you to talk, to bring in anyone's family members, you know, into this sort of uh, debate. And I'll tell you, one of the things at the national level that there's concern about the breakdown of democracy, you know, weaponizing government institutions. Yet, does anybody really think that uh, Matt Ryan is not going to, you know, use the DA's office to go after um, whether members of, you know, people he doesn't like or members of the, the other party, weaponizing the district attorney's office? Uh, again, it goes back to the, the temperament uh, and judgment. And you know, I know one of your callers was talking about. Well, let's let's that, take. I mean, you've spent um, several minutes now about why you don't support Matt Ryan for DA, but take a minute to tell why you would support Paul Batiste to be the next district attorney. I'll, I'll allow you to, you know, state 60 seconds, the best case for Paul Batiste to become the DA to succeed Michael Korchak on January 1st. Sure. It goes back to the, the very first points that I said, judgment and temperament and being fair and balanced with the application of uh, the law and justice. And I think it is a positive thing that Paul has the support of law enforcement. You know, these different institutions need to work together to keep our community safe. And the concept that you could actually go out and say, I don't have a good relationship with law enforcement, that's a positive thing. I mean, nothing could be further from the truth, you know, on that. So I think Paul is somebody who has a long history, you know, in this community, uh, giving back to this community. Uh, Paul is a family man. And I think that he has the experience, the temperament, and the judgment that would make an excellent district attorney. And uh, that's why uh, I, I got involved in this particular race, because uh, there, should, there should not be politics when it comes to public safety. It, that, that is an area that politics should be completely out of. Regardless of your political affiliation, everybody deserves to be uh, safe in their communities. Everybody deserves equal uh, application of the law. And I think that just, you know, Matt Ryan's history of when he doesn't agree with the law, um, that he supports or encourages people to break it, um, is just not something that we need uh, in the district attorney's office. Former Binghamton Mayor Richard David, by the way, are you considering your political future now? I am considering my uh, political future. Uh, I have uh, several options. I'm, I am encouraged to run for multiple uh, county and state and federal offices over the course of the next one or two uh, cycles. Um, at this point, I'm focusing on, uh, you know, a couple projects that I have in the works. So one is uh, just coming to fruition, which you're aware of. I've got a couple, a couple others that will be coming to fruition soon. And then uh, I, I do intend to run again uh, for office in the future. And uh, I get asked that question, you know, almost daily. And uh, when the time is right, I will, uh, I will let people know what my plans are. Are you leaning toward running for Broome County Executive next year? Well, that's, that's something that I, uh, I'm definitely being encouraged by a great many people uh, to consider. Um, but uh, I, I can't say that I've, I've made a decision yet uh, one way or the other. But uh, it's something that uh, it's one of the offices that I get encouraged uh, to run for the most. 
Um, but that's a you know that's a conversation for a different day. But it sounds like you're le- are you leaning toward doing that? <laughs> oh, I, I always I always give you credit, Bob. You certainly uh, don't give up when you want uh, an answer. I um I I think that it's safe to say that I'm considering all of the options that I have, and I'm just fortunate to be able to be somebody that has a lot of options and support to run for multiple political offices. How about that? Former Binghamton Mayor Richard David, feel free to call in any time. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. 1039 WNBF. Everybody's talking, especially right before the election. Remember, early voting continues today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And then Election Day is on Tuesday. Polls on Election Day are open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. in New York. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on WNBF. Now, hotlines are burning up. Beverly from the town of Dickinson, you're on the air. Hi, Bob. I thought, I heard those other people talking, you know, and I give them a lot of credit for, you know, for for them coming on, you know. But I just have to make your day a little better. I, I have a quarter that says Anna Mae Wong. Have you ever heard of her? I don't believe I have. Where where did you get the quarter? Uh, I guess at the grocery store. She was um a movie star. Uh she was um 14 years old when she, when she started out and uh she uh she played in a small part but it's interesting. It's on the internet. It's on the internet. I looked. I looked it up last night. There's yeah, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, I'm looking up on the the U.S. Mint website, and I'm saddened to, to reveal that I didn't know, or if I knew, I had forgotten about this quarter. It says it was issued in 2022. It right. says it's the fifth coin in the. American Women Quarters Program. Anna May Wong was the first Chinese American film star in Hollywood. So I I have not noticed, you know, the truth is these days when it comes to change, I don't really pay any attention to my my pennies, nickels, dimes and quarters. I used to all the time. I used to collect coins. So it's probably true that I've had this quarter and just not 
not noticed it. Right. I I also uh, I had um oh what was what was his name Frederick Douglass. I uh, he was a black person. Or Douglas Frederick, I'm not. I'm not sure, yeah, but he was Frederick a black Doug, Douglas, I think. So I'm looking at. Um, you know, they have a whole list of American women quarters um, from last year. Maya Angelou, Dr. Sally Ride, Wilma Mankiller, Nina Otero Warren, and Anna May Wong. Those were quarters issued last year. Uh, this year, Bessie Coleman, Edith. Kanaka Ole, Eleanor Roosevelt, Jovita Eider, and Maria Talchief. And they even have a list of quarters in the series that will be released next year. So, oh, and they even go out to 2025. So it's all on on the Internet. So that's, yeah, I'll have to pay closer attention. I appreciate your letting me know. You know, Bob, I was so surprised. I thought... I looked at it and I said, geez, what kind of a quarter is this? It's got a woman's picture on it. I know. And, and, then, and I love it. And I thought, no, wait a minute. Well, I'm uh, going I'm, I'm to start looking. Let me check. Let me check. I, and I've I got... said to myself, I said, geez, is this a fraud quarter? Well, no, I just I checked my quarters. I, I have two. only, I have two quarters. And no, I have three quarters and they're all the traditional but I, I'm going to start looking because now that I I see these quarters are in circulation, I'm going to pay more attention. I appreciate the tip. Well, I just thought I'd call I call and change it and change the conversation. Yeah, well, it's, I think I I I believe you were getting uh you know well I'm going to say uncomfortable mm, you know. With, well, with it's the look we're this is the run up to to the election so. It's no, it's fine. It's fine to have political conversations today, and and I'm sure we'll have a few conversations on Monday. I will say this: today is the last day. Anybody who is a candidate, last call for alcohol. I mean, last call for candidate. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a candidate, if you're a candidate, this is your last chance today. If you don't get in by noon today, you won't be on uh, Monday because then people wouldn't have a chance to respond. So today's your last day if you're a you candidate. Know, you okay? know, I miss, I miss Richard David. He he seemed he seemed to be a good mayor, and every time he was on radio, I, I made sure that I listened to him. It was always great to have day. him. I'll say this about both uh, Mayor David and, and Mayor Ryan: it was always great that they were willing to come into the studio and answer my questions. I always enjoyed each each of them when they came on to talk about Binghamton. I met I met I met Matt, Matt Ryan at a bookstore. The, the owner of the bookstore says, "This is this is our former mayor." And at first, I I didn't reckon I didn't recognize his his face, you know. And when she said, "My." Matt Ryan, I shook hands with uh, him. Say, I I know you. Thank you, Beverly, for your call. It's ten forty seven WNBF. Vinny from Binghamton, you're on the air. Hey, Bob. Good morning. This is that time of year. I love it. I love this politics. Hey, listen, it's like I the heard, Super Bowl. Uh, it's like the Super yeah. Bowl for uh, journalists and for political junkies. Even even yeah. an off year election is still interesting. Yeah. 
Hey, listen, I just heard uh, former Mayor Rich David on here, and, you know, I've, I've listened to him for many years when he was the mayor of Binghamton, and I never really called in because I don't live in Binghamton, so I could never vote for him. And so now he's not the mayor anymore, so I consider him free game. And so this is what I just have to say. This is about politics, Mr. Dave. It is. You know, you, you, I've, I've watched politics for so many years. You keep, your, you keep your voice the same. It doesn't go up any pitch. You do these slick things. You talk about not being politics. But, yeah, it is about politics. And one of my questions for you would be, you talk about temperament and judgment. What gives Paul a better, better lead on temperament and judgment of Michael Korczak? Is it because Michael Korczak cut all the strings, you know, like a, like a, a marionette, a little puppet, and he cuts all the strings because uh, that office is there by itself. We don't play politics there. Is that why? He's not your guy that you can coin and you owe me, you owe this. You know, because many people have called in this program and said one of the things, they don't like the closeness. If some drugs go up into uh, 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 the sheriff's office up there and it, it comes out, we find out. Because, you know, listen, Akshar can only do so much. But if drugs go in there and they start selling them, is he going to be the one that goes to the, uh, if Paul becomes the district attorney? Hey, slow it down. Okay, you owe me. You couldn't have got a lot of those endorsements if it wasn't for me and my political power I have. Is that what we're looking at? Because I heard you go on. We heard you go on, what, 15 minutes talking about like you were running against him. And then you want to come in and say this nonsense. You know, I've been waiting. Paul, this has been going on since January. This is 10 months. Now you're going to call in a couple days before and say, "I, I just can't take the lies. Come on, man. And when you walked into office down there in Binghamton, it was nowhere near what Ryan ran into. And you know that. So, you know, it's going to come down to what is it Michael Korchak doing that you don't like? Why? What's the problem? That's your Republican Party. That's you guys. And that's why I'm talking to those Michael Korchak fans, those people that voted for him and realized that his party cut his throat. They did. It's so obvious. They cut his throat. What gives Paul better judgment and temperament than Michael Korchak? Appreciate your call. Thank you, sir. And we have more calls coming up. Again, one final, one final opportunity for candidates. And remember, the clock is ticking. So we leave the air uh, at the same time every day. So bottom line is, if you're a candidate and you think that you'd like to talk live on the radio, um, today will be your last opportunity. And who knows, maybe we'll have too many candidates and won't be able to get everybody on, but we'll strive to be fair. That's all I can do. Fairness is what I'm aiming for. Bob Joseph for you on WNBF.
10.54. Mike in the bill. Harpersville, that is. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Doing well. What's on your mind? Hey, I got quick three quick PowerPoints here. I'm not as, I'm not as passionate as your last caller, so I'll make it kind of quick. Um, I agree everything from what uh, what uh, our former mayor, uh, Rich, was saying in regards to that uh, deal with the uh, negative ads family bringing families into and hammering them on the elections. I think that's totally wrong. Um, definitely 100% against that. He hit a good point on that. Um, the second thing is, if, if he decides that he wants to run for um, county executive next year, hey, I'm a lifelong Republican, and I love I love Matt Ryan. And uh, I would actually switch parties to vote for him, just so you know. He's the, he's the best Democrat that I know. Um, and thirdly, Hey, that other guy that called yesterday, he reminds me so much of Uncle Joe on Petticoat Junction when he talks. He is just a blast. I love listening to that guy. That's all. <laughs> hey, thank you. And and tell all my friends in Harpersville I said hi. They ever take out that uh, – or no, the Center Village Bridge is still there, right? They're not going to take that out till uh, spring, I guess. It's funny. They were just walking on it the other day doing measuring and configuration, so – it's, it's, there's definitely something still going on, but no, it is there. All right, keep and, an eye on that. If you see something happening, give me a call or, or shoot me an email. Will do. I used to ride that bridge every day, a couple times a day. Go yep. across that bridge. It's amazing oh. how much everything's changed. Yeah, it's history. Thank you. Hey, hey, Bob, have a great weekend. You as well. Coming up, another big hour of the program. You won't want to miss a minute. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 56. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 42. For the weekend, mostly cloudy Saturday, high near 56. Sunday will be partly sunny with a high near 53. Wrecking crews are preparing to remove several structures in a few Binghamton neighborhoods. Gory Construction will be paid $186,000 to take down seven blighted buildings on the city's latest hit list of dilapidated sites. A couple of abandoned homes on Alfred Street on the south side are among the structures being demolished. Space cleared by the removal of a house at 4 Alfred Street will result in a slight expansion of a neighboring city park. This is the second time the Alfred Street Park has increased in size because of a building demolition. Eight years ago, some space was added to the park when a rundown house at 10 Alfred Street was torn down. Most of the properties that will be cleared in the planned demolitions will be incorporated into the city's side lot program. They can be purchased by neighbors or they may remain as green space. Other properties where buildings are to be torn down include 21 Andrews Avenue, 11 Duke Street, and 74 Evans Street, and 192 Henry Street. Vestal Town Supervisor John Schaefer announced that following Wednesday evening's public hearing on the 2024 Town of Vestal preliminary budget, the tax rate in the town for 2024 will decrease by 13.26%. John Schaefer, Vestal Town Supervisor, said our 13% tax rate decrease is due to positive growth and budget scrutiny. No town services were negatively impacted or lost. 
In addition, Vestal Town will have their lowest town tax rate since 2009. Current and former drivers for two rideshare companies could be eligible for cash under a settlement announced by the New York State Attorney General's office. Uber has agreed to pay $290 million for cheating drivers out of pay to which they were entitled. Lyft is to pay $38 million into a settlement fund. Attorney General James said the money will be distributed to people who were cheated by the two companies. The Attorney General said investigations determined Uber and Lyft illegally withheld pay from drivers and prevented them from receiving benefits available under state laws. Eligible drivers will be notified of the settlement by mail, email, or text message. They'll be able to file a claim to receive the money they are owed. More than 100,000 Uber and Lyft drivers in New York State could receive cash and benefits under the state settlements. James said for years, the companies systematically cheated their drivers out of hundreds of millions of dollars in pay and benefits while they worked long hours in challenging conditions. As part of the settlements, Uber and Lyft will guarantee New York State drivers will be paid a minimum rate from the time they are dispatched to the completion. The state of Pennsylvania will work with a major natural gas producer to collect in-depth data on air emissions and water quality at well sites, enhance public disclosure of drilling chemicals, and expand buffer zones. Governor Josh Shapiro announced on Thursday that CNX Resources Corporation will partner with the State Department of Environmental Protection on environmental monitoring at two future well sites throughout all stages of the drilling and fracking process. The collaboration is an intensive data collection exercise that could be used to drive future policy changes. State officials are touting the partnership with CNX as the first of its kind The reaction from environmental groups is mixed. A New York jury has convicted FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried of fraud charges. The 31-year-old California man was convicted Thursday at Manhattan Federal Court by jurors who rejected his testimony that he didn't defraud thousands of customers worldwide who counted on him to safeguard the billions of dollars they deposited in accounts. Bankman Freed has been jailed since August when a judge concluded he tried to influence prospective trial witnesses. He was extradited to the United States last December from the Bahamas where he had operated the FTX cryptocurrency exchange and a hedge fund among other businesses. And a majority of American adults think artificial intelligence tools will increase the spread of false and misleading information in the 2024 presidential election. That's one of the findings from a new poll from the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research and the University of Chicago Harris School of Public Policy. It explores the public's opinions on the rapidly advancing technology. The poll finds that just 30% of adults have used AI chatbots or image generators and fewer than half have heard or read at least some about AI tools. Yet most adults say they think political candidates using AI for a variety of purposes is a bad idea. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. 
from the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Another big hour of Binghamton's biggest program on the radio. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. This is Binghamton Now, and I am Bob Joseph. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety is the number. It's the most important number ever issued by the phone company, and it shall not be changed until they run out of numbers, and then they have to come up with new number assignments. But for now, apparently Binghamton has enough phone numbers, and so we can keep our legendary, iconic phone number. The one that everybody remembers. I know they're saying, wait, don't they remember the one for pizza? Maybe they do. I'm not saying they don't remember the number for pizza. I'm saying the number everybody will always remember is 607-772-1290. So the song says, Better Than Pizza. Oh, no, that's the name of the group, Better Than Pizza. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your name? First name only. And where are you calling from? <laughs> Hi, Bob. My name is Kay, and I'm calling from Bastel. All right. Hang, hang on, Kay. Hold on. Hi, WNBF. This is Bob Joseph. You're on Binghamton now. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Bob, John Schaefer, town supervisor, Vestal, New York. Okay. Hang on. Because uh, I know you were uh, planning to call in a, a minute ago, so I, I took a call from uh, actually one town resident. So let me speak with her first, and I'll be with you in just a moment. Got you covered. Thank you. It's WNBF live and local. No scripts. What will happen between now and noon? Okay, you're um, you're on the air, um, and John Schaefer is coming up in just a moment. What's what's on your mind? Oh, good. Uh, what's on my mind is I just heard the news. Uh, at 10, 10 o'clock, and um, I heard Mr. Schaefer saying that uh, the tax rate will be the lowest in 2024. It will be the lowest since 2009, and he's playing an absolute word game. He's making people think that their taxes are going to be the lowest since 2009, that their taxes are going down. Their taxes are not going down. They haven't gone down. My taxes have gone up every year. Since I've been here. So it's a word game to try to get elected, re-elected. And it's kind of dishonest as far as I'm concerned. 
All right. Well, I appreciate your call, and I'll give Supervisor John Schaefer a chance to respond to that comment in real time. Good morning, Mr. Schaefer, and welcome back to our our talk program as we enter the, the final days of the election campaign. Well, you heard what Kay had to say about the news release that you put out Thursday. Oh, I sure did. Kay's an avid follower of the Bunny Hill Gang. Uh, she's called your show many times. Uh, as a couple of the other candidates, uh, and Maria, uh, again, uh, <laughs> they're seriously making a point to deceive uh, uh, the voters. It's like the front page of the town crier today shows entire department budget amounts. I'm sure they paid to have that put on there. I'm not sure, but they're reporting department head salaries. They're the whole department heads. They're not. Uh, they're not. Uh, what they talk about they're, they're, it's, it's, it's called uh, uh, mis, very misleading uh, a rate cut is a rate cut Bob uh, the caller before her another avid supporter of the Bunny Hill Gang you gotta remember these people were recruited out of an ad on the uh, internet and uh, the last person that called she, she's quite a writer she's out there all the time uh Nasty to people she meets if things don't go her way. Uh, so I'm not going to even, I, I'm not even going to discuss it. But all I can say, a rate cut is a rate cut. And it is the lowest since, uh, since 2009. Uh, the tax rate that the last caller was talking about, everybody's taxes have been going up. But at what rate? Uh, I've been her taxes have went up in 12 years. I don't know what the percentage would be. It's, it's minimal compared to other areas. One and a half percent in 12 years. Now, I know her property, and I know it. So, um, that's, again, it's, it's political projection, misleading uh, projections, and, and they thrive on that. Well, so is, is the tax issue, whether it's tax rate or the amount of money people are actually paying in taxes invested, do you think that is ultimately – an overriding issue in in this year's campaign? Uh, it is not an overriding issue. It's a great issue to have. I'm uh, I'm lucky you did. They've attacked the uh, they've attacked the assessment. As your assessment goes up, does not mean your 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 taxes go up. Uh, again, scare tactics. Uh, very misleading. Very misleading. Uh, just remember a, a quote from uh, probably your favorite president, uh, JFK. Uh, a rising tide floats all boats, and they don't like that. So, but no, it's, it's not a big issue. The issue is what's been going on in Vestal under under my administration uh, is everybody's happy. Uh, the employees, uh, I keep reading stuff, uh, again, uh, on that misinformative website, that uh, the employees are all mad at me. No, they're mad at them right now. They don't know that. Uh, I, ha- I have a great support. For my uh, my employees, uh, I have an open door policy. Uh, anybody can come in here at any time. I've never threatened anybody. Uh, uh, they took a little sound bite out of a meeting that a lady was disruptive, one of theirs uh, people, and then I, I had her sit down. They shrunk the whole thing down to where Shaver called the police. Yes, if you don't follow the meeting decorum, you will be removed. We run orderly meetings here. Uh, and that's one they've been using. You have to remember, Vestal's the, the most financially stable town in the state. 
not the county, the state. We're the leader in, in fiscal responsibility here. We've had awards for it year after year after year. But again, uh, they're trying to do anything to win an election, and that's normal. Um, Bob, I, I listened to Marie on a TV station uh, the other day. She claims that she's been at meetings. Well, I, I can tell you, I have 12 years of tapes. She's lived here three years, and she's made one meeting. Nobody's told her to stay away. She chooses not to come. Now, and that's the fact. I can back it up with tapes and and recordings. They can't. Um, uh, well, I got to go back. A rate cut is a rate cut. Uh, Maria claims uh, to protect employees. Then publishes grossly incorrect and misleading salaries in a newspaper. That that's that's not good politics. That's dirty politics. Uh, we're speaking to the Vestal Town Supervisor, John Schaefer. And What's that? None of them showed up. All right. So you are just... So, you want so, to run the town of Vestal you don't show up for a most important meeting of the year? Come on, Bob. They don't care. So, again, for people who aren't aware, you will be on the conservative party line on yes. on the ballot on Tuesday and also early voting that continues today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And one other, one final question before we go. Are you committed and is the town committed to getting the town board meetings and the other, other key meetings online, live and, and also archived going forward? That's not being done, is it? No, you're absolutely correct. Uh, Will that change? Because, uh, it's, it's in my view, that would be important, I mean, for any community, but especially for towns the size of, of Vestal, yeah. uh, to have, have the meetings being able to be uh, seen live as they happen and also archived for people who didn't make it to a meeting or hear that something was discussed that's important to them. Is that something that will happen? We're definitely looking into it. Are you, you committed know, I mean, to doing my, it? My opponents may be well-intentioned. But like the, pre the previous caller uh, that called it, not K, the other one, they continue to mislead everybody. You know? All right. All but but will it happen, can it happen early next year that the meetings will finally be seen live and then be archived on YouTube? I don't know. I don't know about the archive. Uh, we tried it during COVID. The only people we had uh, attended was the Bunny Hill Gang. Uh, very, very few... Uh, uh, residents tune into it. Uh, I, but I thousands, thousands, as you know, thousands of Vestal residents are interested in town government, even if they can't make it to the meetings. And also, I'll be fair, jur journalists are interested. We can't make well, it to, to well, meetings, but I, I'm interested in what goes on in all of the, the local governments around here. I, I may not be able to get to the meetings in person, but I certainly appreciate when meetings are, are either streamed live which is good, and also available um, archives so we can do future stories. So that's, you know, part of it is well, is yeah, from a journalism I standpoint. Future stories. I'm checking with the IT people what it is. Uh, there's, there's a cost to everything. But Vestal, of all, Vestal of all municipalities should be able to afford this. Vestal, as, as a leader, as the home to Binghamton University and, and so much commerce, I would think Vestal would be one of the leaders in Broome County to be able to do that. Well, 
we, uh, you know, let's back up on, uh, on, on your last statement, uh, which is not true. Uh, we haven't heard from hundreds of residents. We've heard from a few that, uh, and most of them are the Bunhill gang, uh, with their leader, their leaders on your show all the time, feed you with a bunch of garbage. Uh, our ID, we've already talked to our IT department and they're looking into cost and, and how to go about it. Uh, we are technically savvy here. Uh, we have a new website. We have 40 meetings a year uh, that are wide open to the public for those who choose to come. We've tried 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock. We just don't have uh, a lot of interest in what's going on. We are a representative government. We don't, uh, we're elected to represent the people, not to have the people come in and chit-chat about what they want fixed and how they want their leaves picked up. We we make the decisions and then it goes out. Uh, that that's what we do here, and, and it's a very successful program. Our budgets online, the uh, preliminary budgets online, everything is online. There's nothing hid here. But the meetings still aren't online. The meetings are super transparent. It doesn't matter if there's Zoom. I, I'll ask you, Bob. How many how many municipalities have Zoom meetings going on right now? I'm not talking about Zoom. I'm talking about YouTube. Look at City of Binghamton. City of Binghamton, City Council meetings, Planning Commission meetings, Commission on Architecture and Urban Design. They're all in, in all other key government meetings, even when they're approving contracts at short meetings. Those are online and they're streamed live and they're also archived. We're looking into it. Well, okay. I, and again, I just because you don't hear from people doesn't mean that thousands of Vestal residents aren't interested in, in how the, the government is, is operating. They may not contact you, but they may still be interested in seeing what's going on at each town board meeting, even if they can't make it there in person. Yeah, well, all, all I can tell you is this. I run into a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people hundreds of months and and I have people that that stop in here with different problems we have no problem with transparency uh if they want that and, and I hear about it, it just seems a small little group that doesn't want development in Bethel doesn't want students living near them that's all this is about those candidates that are running were recruited in an, in, a, in an email from the, from the ruler of the cult um and it, it's amazing uh I can't believe that you live here two years and you know how to run the town. Maria retired in 2020 for the New York State Police or the New York City Police. She's lived here three years. She bought a house here five years ago. The other two yahoos there that are running, are, uh, they've lived here two years. I don't even know the one guy's name. Matter of fact, he called her and they want to know how to get to the town hall. Is that where the meetings are? That's somebody that really cares about Vestal. Bob, I thank you for your time. And you're always welcome to call anytime you want. All right. I appreciate it. I mean, remember, though, also in fairness, you you know, and in fairness, now I, I appreciate that that now you're responsive. But remember, there was there was a period of time, an extended period, where you weren't returning my calls. That's correct. I had nothing to say. I was very busy. But I had important stories for Vestal that uh, I wanted to cover because you're the town supervisor. Bob, Bob, some of yours aren't too important, you know. So, but anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking. All right. I appreciate your calling in.
Anytime. Special Town Supervisor John Schaefer, he'll be on the Conservative Party line in the election. Of course, early voting is going on now, today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And then Election Day is 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. That'll be on Tuesday. So he's on the Conservative Party line. And the Republican candidate hasn't called in. I, I know, I'm surprised too, but that's, as they say, that's also a choice. It's 1126. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on WNBF. My problem. WNBF, Binghamton, 1130 with Bob Joseph. Everybody's talking because the campaigns are winding down. And we continue a focus on the town of Vestal. A moment ago, we heard from the incumbent town supervisor, John Schaefer. And now we're joined by the Democratic challenger, Maria Sexton. Good morning. Yeah, hi. Good morning, Bob. Thank you so much for allowing me to call in. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I was listening to uh, Schaefer, and he makes me want to explode. I mean, let me give you the facts. First of all, he's talking about the interest rates. I mean, the, the tax rates. Well, as everybody in Vestal knows, they've massively increased everybody's assessments three times in four years. Okay, when no other town in Broome County did it, Vestal did it in a crazy market. So we all know our house, our house assessments have gone up tremendously. And house assessments, taxes are based on per, th- per thousand. So if your house assessment goes up $30,000, you're taxed on that extra $30,000. Anyway, so he, say, he says he lowers the, lowers the percentage. Well, our assessments are a lot higher than they were four years ago and a lot higher than they were last year. Let me give you the actual numbers of the budget because he's saying or inferring that somehow the budget's going to go down, taxes are going to go down. Well, the Vestal Town budget in 2023, this year, the total spending is $33,239,634. Yet, in the proposed 2024, it's 35,012,929. So you're talking an increase of almost $2 million. Okay? You're spending $2 million more. The actual tax levy is what we're paying in taxes, right? So in 2023, the tax levy is 11, was 11, or actually is 11 million. $846,942. And the proposed one is $12,042,743. So it's going up well over $200,000. Now, the taxes and the budget has gone up consistently from 2017 until 2023. Just to give you an example. So the total spending in 2017 was 
plus thousand, right? So in 2023, it went up from 25 million 900 plus thousand up to 33 million 239. And now we're going up to 35 million. So this garbage about somehow inferring that our taxes are going down, the actual taxes that we pay are going up. They've gone up consistently. What he says, what he says is technically correct, but our assessments are so high, sky high that they have to adjust the percentage of the tax. But the actual taxes that we're going to pay next year are higher. And to say otherwise is absolutely incorrect from his own numbers. So, you know, it kills me and it needs to stop. Everybody in Vestal is entitled to know exactly what's going on, to have somebody speak to them honestly about the real truth about everything that's happening, not what some spin that somebody wants to tell them. Okay, and and, and I'm tired of it. It needs to stop. But everybody needs to get out there and vote and say, I want somebody who's honest. I want somebody who's straightforward. I want somebody who's going to work every single day to make my life affordable and better in Bethel. And that's what I plan on doing. And I hope I have that opportunity. And I hope that... um, and I hope that everybody votes for both myself and Glenn, Glenn Miller and Robert Green, because together we're going to be able to do everything that we say. Um, and I am tired of the garbage that he spews. You know what? I moved here five years ago when I retired because my family's been here for well over 25 years. So to say otherwise, I have no connection. I'm transparent. I'm making my life here because my family is here. And I love Vestal, and I love my neighbors, I love my neighborhood, and I continue, I plan to spend the rest of my life here. I'm just as invested as, as everybody else. And, and the lack of transparency is just not acceptable anymore. We but he says, he says the government in Vestal is transparent. Oh, that's ridiculous. I stopped going to town meetings because... No matter what anybody said, they just did the opposite, you know, and plus he was personally rude on top of that. Um, but that was just honestly the aside. Um, but no, absolutely nobody has a say in whatever. And he just said, he just said on the radio, he goes, we make the decision. You know what? It needs to be different. We have technology. We need to do video meetings. We need to have meetings at times at 7 p.m. when people who are working can make them. And then if they can't make them, they should be able to watch it on their computer. This stuff about it costs a lot. No, it doesn't. I Zoom with the two people I'm running with every week. And if we do, if we need to, we do it more often, and it's free. Um, and you can pay for, for a town thing for next to nothing. They're all excuses. The only people who are afraid of being transparent are the people that have something to hide. I will never have anything to hide. Well, what the supervisor has said today, and he has suggested this in the past, that most of the opposition tends to be people who have been fighting the development project, the Bun Hill development project. He suggests that that's the major source of discontent right now in the town of Vestal. Oh, 
and anybody who's been to our website can see his absolute silliness. Um, we talk about taxes. We talk about the budget. We talk about assessments. We talk about the actual facts with links to the original documents, and we have a plan for dealing with it to make sure that we cut excess waste while still protecting our town workers so that we look at this together and say, what, who are we going to be as a community going forward? How can we make this affordable, and how can we make it better? Um, there's no excuse for not being transparent. There's no excuse for people not having input. We can have electronic surveys. We can have an in-person option for people who are more comfortable with that. But it takes a different mentality. It takes different people to say, I'm here to serve the people of Vestal and not the reverse. You know what? I, I just believe, and I, I know I go door to door. I try to go every single day, and I go as much as I can and talk to people. I've literally talked to thousands of people in Vestal. And all I've heard is I'm frustrated. I'm not being heard. They, they hit us with taxes. We get these surprise tax and assessments in the mail. It needs to change. We all have a right to it. We have a right to know where our tax dollars are going. We have a right to have a say in it. And please forgive me, but I feel so strongly that the people of Vessel deserve it. I deserve it. Everybody deserves it. And they deserve somebody who's going to work 110%, not somebody who, oh, my goodness, is just going to spew stuff and try to mislead them. And that should, please, I hope people get out to vote. We need to change this. We need to make it better. We need to make sure that everybody listening to me is heard and that you get an answer and that you were treated respectfully by this town. So, Maria Sexton, yeah. Democratic candidate for Vestal Town Supervisor, thank you for calling in. Thank you. Forgive my impassionedness, but, but I really am heartfelt about this. Thank you. Thank you. And I should uh, point out, and I, I think our listeners realize that uh, John Schaefer, the incumbent, who's running on the conservative party line, and the Democratic challenger, Maria Sexton. They both called in this morning. The Republican candidate, Ted Wolf, has not called in. And I haven't heard from Mr. Wolf during this campaign. The election is on Tuesday, November 7th. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on WNBF. Binghamton Now with Bob Joseph at 1144. Matthew Ryan, the Democratic candidate for Broome County DA, is uh, with us by phone. Good morning. Hi, and uh, thank you again for the uh, great opportunity yesterday. I simply have to say, like, look, I'm very grateful to everybody that's taken the time to listen to. I didn't think there'd be much of a campaign, and I think it always comes down to the last few weeks where people really get engaged and I I just I've had so many conversations with people especially from the other side of the aisle and that's what's encouraging me about politics even though we live in a divided times I, I think people uh, on an important issue like this who runs the district attorney's office can see that you need somebody that 
really knows how to run an office. And I've gotten tremendous support from the other side of the aisle, as you know. And um, I just think that, um, you know, together we can really – the office is going to be in bad shape. It is in bad shape because of the consequences of what happened during the primary and all the people that left. But I, I, I hope I get the opportunity to put this uh, – Put the office back together and and uh, keep on some of the folks that are still around. Uh, nine out of twenty-five, I think it is, is all that's left. But I uh, and also I would like to just say, yes, police have never endorsed me, but I've always gotten along with the police, and I will work my hardest to make sure not only that they have the tools to make Broome County the safest place possible, but also that we all, um, you know, kind of work together to create better situations to um, better outcomes for for our more vulnerable uh, citizens who um, I think if we work hard together on those kinds of issues, we will truly make Broome County safer. And again, thanks to all the listeners who uh, put up with all the stuff we have to say and uh, try to ferret out what's true and what's not true. I will say that I've taken on a position where I cannot have any effect on any police budgets. <laughs> so uh, I don't know why they bring up all the stuff about what I did during the worst recession in 80 years where I cut 10% out of every department. That was well before any thought. I mean, the, the words defund the police hadn't even ever been uttered. I never uttered them. Uh, we were doing what we had to do to survive. And, uh, you know, the one thing I will say to just counter Mr. David's attacks on me today was you shouldn't have cut the uh, gang prevention or the youth bureau, and we would be in much better shape, uh, a safer, uh, Binghamton would be much safer, and I would suggest that makes all of Broome County safer. So please uh, get out and vote. Um, it's the most important function we do in a democracy, and I thank everybody for listening during this contentious campaign. Have you seen and the I mailer? Those- Have you seen the mailer that was sent out by the Broome County Republican Committee? Yeah, I mean, I, we expected it. I, I mean, I, in fact, I knew almost every word that was going to be in there. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, they don't care about – it's true the people that write those don't care about the truth. Occupy Binghamton, quite frankly, was not uh, – the only one I'll, that's the issue I'll talk It was not an per se illegal activity. In fact, we got calls from when, – when that happened all over the country, we were getting calls from uh, – Civil rights organization said, you better not kick those people out because you will be sued as a city. We're the only city, I guarantee you, we're the only city that didn't advocate any additional budget for Occupy Binghamton. And we didn't even have to have extra police there because the police, uh, I brought the police over. They met the people who were running the thing, which wasn't me, by the way. Um, and, And they all were copacetic. And we didn't have to have a police presence there. Not none at all. Until the end, when it turns out that most of the people still hanging out were, uh, unfortunately, more the homeless type than uh, occupied. Well, problems did develop as time went on, and, and police did have to respond to some issues as after right, the yeah. occupied Binghamton tents had been there for several weeks. So there were yeah, there, there were issues were left, had nothing to do with the real occupied Binghamton or movement as it originally was, um, you know originally put out there. It was it actually was a kind of a time all over the country where, you know, people set out their tents, they played music, they dressed their concerns. Isn't that what democracy is all about? I mean, there was no violence. There was nothing that went on that, 
was bad. I mean, there's some business owners that weren't happy. I agree. But, you know, if we had tried to move those people out uh, too soon, we would have got sued and it would cost us a lot of money. And, you know. So uh, the big the the headline on the mailer, which is intended, first of all, it's next to a black and white file photo of you. But the headline <laughs> in in eye-catching red and yellow, liberal Democrat Matt Ryan would be a disaster as district attorney. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course they're going to say that because that's the only game they got because they know they have a candidate who's never run anything in his life, and they know that a lot of their own people realize that, and they question the integrity of the two, him being too close to uh, certain other elected officials. And they know that that's inherently wrong. And they know that I have the experience to run a big office and that uh, he has none. So, I mean, I'm going to – look, I don't think anybody's ever questioned my integrity uh, in terms of what I do is – that my the reasons I do things are principled and, and, and are leading in some direction. I don't think my opponent can say the same. And, 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 and I didn't hear that from – Myself, I heard it from all these Republicans who have called me every day saying, good luck. Um, you know, and even the, I had a, uh, you know, a well, a well seasoned, won't throw them under the bus, but on the way to your office, uh, uh, into your studio yesterday, I had a, I saw a police vehicle going slow, roll down his window and called me over and said, hey, you know, I respect you. I know you care about this community and good luck on, on Tuesday. One of the things that that your successor in the mayor's office brought up, Rich David, when he called in, he was talking about your temperament. (laughs) Well, look, he doesn't. We've never had much respect for each other for whatever reason. Uh, Mine is guided in the fact that, I mean, just the things you know he brought up today about I didn't I didn't uh, raise taxes much the first year. That's because there was no transparency when we got in there. We had no. The first year, we had no idea how broke the city was. We knew we were broke, but we didn't know uh, the figures that I can rattle off readily now because they were hiding it. Uh, and, and to Bayer's Bucci credit, he, he governed probably during the worst time in Binghamton history. The arts community hadn't started investing. There was nothing going on. The university, which I, which I suggested many, many years ago when I was a planning major at Binghamton University that we needed to embrace them or else we were going to be a ghost town. They hadn't started really, really embracing downtown except for the one building. Uh, You know, he didn't have much to work with. But the reality is they were hemorrhaging money. There was a lot of bad contracts that were costing the city a lot of money. We straightened all those out. We left left Mr. David in in the catbird seat and, um, you know, you know he's he's gonna do what the do what the bosses tell him to say. This is a last minute attempt to uh, smoke. You know, throw up some smoke screen and say Matt Ryan is the most horrible liberal in the world. Well, if I'm such a horrible liberal ultra, why are these people coming out of the Republican Party? That's why they're panicking. They know what's going on behind the scenes. They know that the Republicans who know what good government is all about are going to vote for me. So that's why they're panicking. And, and well, can uh, you? We're circling back though to the temperament issue, and the the assertion I think that former Mayor David was making that that too often that uh, 
when confronted by somebody with whom you disagree that uh, that you get angry. You do sometimes get angry. We've had that happen you know, I, on, on I, and I, off I, the air. I get I get angry, but I, and most people know that Irishmen. Uh, my type of temperament can be angry one minute and your best friend the next minute. And I, I'll speak, I've always, I've never shied away from who I am, that all I care about is having a better community, that all I care about is public service. And if I see somebody getting in the way of that and I think they've, um, you know, disrespecting, uh, you know, a certain, and I'm not always right, obviously, but I am not, you know, I am, he can say what he wants, but you want to be a milk toast guy all your life and have, don't stand for anything. I like standing for things. I like standing for trying to. I mean, the other thing is every bit of my record, as you know, is all couched in. It's like saying Martin Luther King got arrested, so he shouldn't. Uh, if he was, you know, still alive and wanted to run for district attorney, that he shouldn't run because he got arrested. You know, we know why he got arrested. We know why John Lewis got arrested. We know why we know why I was at Wegmans just to be an observer. We know that I'm that is my agenda, and I don't shy away from it. And I won't pull punches, and and I won't pull punches on the JC police when they know it. When I see them doing illegal searches of cars with dogs, I saw that a couple times, which I think led to this consternation uh, why I was arrested at Wegmans uh, in the first place. Uh, so anyway, this is, you know, it's just who I am and I'm, I'm, uh, but I, I know, look, I ran eight years as mayor. Go show me one thing where somebody says that, you know, did I get angry when I was mayor? Of course I did. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. That's, that's my motto. I'm not my motto, but one I like. All right. So what are you going to do now this, this weekend? I mean, the, oh, I the, just, uh, because early voting continues till Sunday, then apparently nobody can vote on Monday, and then election day, 6 a.m. Yeah, to just, 9 uh, p.m. on Tuesday. Yeah, but, uh, so, so what's what's left to do with the campaign? I was in town last night, downtown being with a, a, a really good rally to get people excited to do the final work, closing work that's so necessary for campaigns. Look, we've been outspent tremendously by the Republicans. But you, I don't think you can outspend uh, experience, uh, you know, and, and, and that's the perception. And not only the people who have always uh, have, have had the uh, privilege to uh, have support me, but also so many more people this time. I never got any kind of uh, uh, phone calls from Republicans like I've gotten this campaign and, and Vic. Vic uh, calling me up and saying, hey, I want to support you. Uh, all these people coming out of the woodwork. That guy who said he wants me to run for county executive, I don't even know who the hell that is, but <laughs> today who called in. I mean, and he said he was a Republican. So, I, you know, it turns out maybe there's hope for uh, when you have that people can't uh, do focus at the end on the issues, on the qualifications, on what they feel in their gut is the person who can uh, do the best job in a very important position. And that mailer didn't make you angry? You know, when I first saw no, actually, I had I, I had sketched out everything they would say uh, beforehand. I said, this will be their final mailer, and I showed it to everybody. I think maybe the Occupy Binghamton one was the one I was, like, a little off on because, quite frankly, I didn't call Occupy Binghamton. I didn't organize it i had nothing to do with organizing it all right hey and, we're out of time we're out of time thank you have a good weekend okay thank you bob
Wish all the candidates the best this weekend. They're going to be busy. Thank you to all who called in. Candidates, callers, everybody. Appreciate it. And hope you have a great weekend. I'll be back Monday morning. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.